0: Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. Without further delay, Let's listen in to the choir and quartet for that beautiful gospel music they sing so well.
1: your door, knocks like Jesus, somebody's knocking at your door, knocks like Jesus, is knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door He is pleading Somebody's knocking at your door He is pleading Somebody's knocking at your door
0: Just in a moment, we're going to have this splendid congregation here in the visible audience at Long Beach sing this invitation number. Lord, I'm coming home. I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've trod. Lord, I'm coming home. And we're singing it for you, friend. Wandering in the wilderness of sin and separation. Won't you turn... Repent and come back to God today through Christ. God says, I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He loves you, friend of mine. Won't you come back to him? As this congregation is now standing and ready to sing for you, Lord, I'm coming home. Everyone write on the very first word and sing out heartily. You come back it'll be heavenly sunshine all the way on the path sing it and a little bit faster than the tempo you just had the song yeah, all right Heavenly sunshine everybody with a smile heavenly, heavenly. Father, our our earnest prayer is today that many may know the power of the gospel, which is salvation and redemption in Christ. We pray together this earnest prayer that many will come to Jesus, the light of the world, and know this power to be translated from darkness into the kingdom of thy dear Son and be new creation from today on. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.
1: I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then a little light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus Let us tell him all about our troubles He will hear, hear our faintest cry And he will answer, answer by and by and When you feel a little prayer will turn in. And no little fire is burning You will find, find a little talk with Jesus Makes it right, makes it right. Sometimes my past seems with Without a ray of cheer And then a cloud of doubt makes Sin may rise and hide the starry skies, but just a little talk with Jesus clears the way. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear, hear our faintest cry, and he will answer, answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayer will turn, and, and you know a little fire is burning, you will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Have doubts and fears, my eyes be filled with tears. But Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to Him in prayer, He knows my every care, and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have, have a little talk with Jesus. Jesus. Let us tell come. Him all about our troubles. He will hear, hear. our faintest cry. And he will answer cry. by and by. And Burning. And the little fire is burning. We'll find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. It
0: it and this is the old fashioned revival hour you're listening to. And honey, I'm so glad you're with us today. You've been away two Sundays, it seemed like a year. So go right ahead and read the letter.
2: Well, I'm glad to be here today, too. And greetings, friends. Here is a homespun letter from a Christian lady away up in Maine. I do like this letter. Dear Dr. Fuller, in the spring I asked God to give me strength to raise a garden, for I knew if I could raise the vegetables and can them, that I could save money so that I could send an offering to the old-fashioned revival hour. And how God has answered my prayer, for I have a lovely garden now, and I am canning the vegetables and that we are going to need this winter. Now how happy I am that I can send an offering for carrying on the program that I love so much and for winning souls. I feel that I have been working with God this summer, for he's been giving me the strength for the extra work. And while I work, I pray and praise God for the messages you are sending out, and also for the others he has raised up to preach the true gospel out over the air in these last days. Isn't that a lovely letter? I tell you, the hour has some mighty fine friends who back us up in every way, and we certainly do appreciate those who are praying for this work. From Brooklyn, New York, dear Mr. Fuller, while visiting a vacation house for the blind upstate this summer, we were having a Sunday evening hymn sing when I asked if they knew heavenly sunshine. They all did, and I will always remember those people who had never seen the earthly sunshine singing so heartily about the heavenly sunshine which so many of them know. If only you could follow your messages and singing into all the places where they go in this world, far and near, it would be amazing and also encouraging and heartwarming. Yes, indeed, that is true. But from the letters, we do have little glimpses into these places. Then an aged man writes a lovely letter from New Jersey. The way is hard for him, and I am thankful to find such comfort from this hour. Dear Mr. Fuller, I am enclosing my dollar to help a little, and God forbid that your service should ever go off the air. We need it so much in these troublesome times. I am 70 years old, and I take care of my bedridden wife who has had a stroke. I just long for the hour to come when Brother Fuller preaches from the Bible. Sometimes I think I cannot carry my load any longer. And then the Holy Spirit brings to my mind something that Brother Fuller has said in the message, and it helps me. And then I hum one of those old hymns that my mother sang to me up in New England so long ago, the ones that you sing, too. I wish I could tell you how the old-fashioned revival hour just starts me off right for the week and lifts me above the things which are so hard to bear. Oh, I do hope there are enough of God's children who will help to keep the old-fashioned revival hour coming to us, for we need it so. And may God's richest blessing be on you every day. Isn't that a lovely letter? This last one is very interesting. It's from a British serviceman on the Rock of Gibraltar, where a group listens regularly to this program and how thankful they are that they can hear it clearly there. Evidently, his ship is stationed there at the Rock, He writes such a warm, spiritual letter. Dear Dr. Fuller, Greetings and Christian love in our Savior's worthy name. From his church in Gibraltar. I feel led to write you for his sake and to encourage you that your labors for the Lord are not in vain. Some weeks ago, the Army Scripture Reader stationed here picked up your broadcast one Saturday evening as it was being broadcast from Tangiers in Africa. And were we happy to get it? Now we servicemen stationed on the rock, who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, meet in this man's home, and we listen eagerly every Saturday evening and worship with you. Such gospel singing and preaching is like cool showers of rain in a dry desert place. Yes, God has not left himself without witnesses, for a few of us out of the, out of the three services, the Navy and Army and Air Force. Not only listen to you together, but we meet every evening to learn more of our loving Savior in Bible studies. Then on Sunday evenings, we are privileged to preach the gospel in the open air. And what a privilege that is. The United States carrier, Leite, is in Gibraltar at the moment, and last night being Saturday, we invited five American sailors into this home to listen to your broadcast, and then had a talk with them on spiritual matters. Although none of them have accepted Christ, we believe they will, for we are praying God's blessing on those boys on that ship, that they may be convicted of sin and know their need of a Savior. Though sundered far by faith, we meet around one common mercy seat, and our prayers are with you as you proclaim his word. Your gospel music sounds simply grand here on Gibraltar. We especially like the chorus, Heavenly Sunshine. And may his face continue to shine upon you and your dear wife, giving him all the glory. Isn't that a lovely letter? And that is all I shall have time to read you today, please.
1: He is, he's always near. He is, he is, as Jesus lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me along my We He we he is, salvation through and far.
0: the quartet will sing my heavenly home. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Thank God for the blessed hope beyond this wilderness journey. Go ahead on my heavenly home.
1: Pain nor death can enter there Its glittering stars the sun not shine that heavenly mansion shall be mine I'm going home I'm going home I'm going home to die no more to die no more no more I'm going home to dine no more My father's house is built on high far, far above the starry sky when from this earthly prison free that heavenly man I'm going home, I'm going home I'm going home to die no more To die no more, to die no more I'm going home to die no more Let others seek a home below Which claims divine Find the hand.
0: that you be ready to sing in the moment the old rugged cross but will you take your bibles and turn to 1 Timothy the 4th chapter first 3 verses I appreciate it very much if you bear us up in prayer as we speak from God's Word. Paul, in writing to Timothy, the pastor at Ephesus, warned him that in the latter times, according to First Timothy 4, 1 to 3, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, one devil, many demons. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. You watch some of the false apostate systems and see how that third verse applies. They make a stress of abstaining from meats. Here we have God speaking through his servant Paul, telling us that in the latter times, in the closing days of this dispensation of grace, that some shall depart from the faith, that is, those who have tasted of the heavenly gift and were partakers of the Holy Spirit, becoming enlightened through the preaching of the word, and have tasted of the good word of God, but willfully sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth, have trodden under foot the Son of God, and counted the blood of the covenant an unholy thing, and have done despite unto the Spirit of grace, departing from the faith, and in its place giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. I read this because I'm speaking upon Jude 11, especially the last of the three apostates spoken of there under these words. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. There are three lanes On this broad road leading to destruction, this apostate road, three different traffic lanes, and one of them is spoken as the way of Cain. Those who through self-will have selected their own way of approach unto God instead of coming God's divinely appointed way, and that is through Jesus Christ. In spite or instead of coming the blood-sprinkled way which God says was the true way, they have selected their own way and have offered the fruit of their own labor as Cain did. The second lane of traffic in this apostate broad highway that's leading unto destruction has been spoken of as covetousness, the love of riches, and the gain of money out of spiritual matters. And God warns us against covetousness, which is idolatry. Now today, just briefly, upon the gainsaying of Korah and his company, what did they do? Well, they headed up a false system of worship and rebelling against God's authority in the old days, in the journeys of the Israelites in the wilderness. Korah and his group went against Moses and Aaron. Now let me explain to you. And by the way, turn to the 16th chapter of the book of Numbers, because the rest of the message will be on that incident in the journeys of the children of Israel where God destroyed Korah and his company. I'm speaking upon apostasy, falling away from the truth, turning your back deliberately upon the Word of God. And as I've said in previous broadcasts, it's a serious thing to sit under the teaching of God's Word and become enlightened and deliberately turn your back upon the offer of grace in Christ. God forbid that anyone in this visible audience or in the radio audience, will turn deliberately away from God's gracious invitation, which says, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. In God's dealings with the children of Israel on their journey from Egypt to Canaan, God gave them through His divinely appointed leader, Moses, the law at Mount Sinai. And also he gave them through Moses detailed instructions in the building of the tabernacle in the wilderness. And in the 28th of Exodus he appointed Aaron and his sons to be set apart for the priesthood that Aaron and his sons might be the go-between between Israel and God the mediators between God and man. So we have a beginning of the Aaronic uh, priesthood. No one else in the camp of Israel were divinely appointed for this priestly office. It was God's selection. Now, after leaving Mount Sinai, the children of Israel resumed their journeys And Numbers and Deuteronomy relate Israel's failure to enter the land at Kadesh Barnea. And for thirty-eight and a half long years seems to be one of constant murmuring, failure, disobedience, idolatry, false worship, and last of all, open rebellion. Now that leads us up to the gainsaying of Korah in the 16th chapter of the book of Numbers. For this is where this man comes in. Now, let me explain. This 16th chapter of Numbers uh, records very faithfully this open rebellion on the part of Korah and those associated uh, with him. In open revolt against Aaron and Moses, the divinely appointed high priest and the leader of the deliverer for Israel. Now, Korah was a Levite, not a God-appointed priest, to be, that is, as Aaron was, to be the go-between, the mediator between Israel and God in the matter of worship. Let me explain it to you. God had rightfully, because of his sovereignty, appointed Aaron to be the one high priest and his sons a mediator between God and Israel. The Levites were appointed to care for the tabernacle and the materials for worship and to transport the tabernacle and its furnishings on the journey. And when the pillar of cloud moved, they would take the tent down and pack the furnishings and carry uh, through the wilderness until the pillar of cloud stopped. And then the tent would be erected and the brazen altar and the laver and the tabernacle boards, the table of showbread, the candlestick and the altar of incense and the mercy seat be set up. And there they were appointed as caretakers to see that the worship was carried out aright, but as a Levite not to enter in on behalf of Israel to go into the holy place as Aaron did daily or his son, or into the holy of holies, as Aaron did on the great day of atonement. And so now you have the setting. What happened? Well, Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, and Abiram, the sons of Elab, and on the son of Peleth and the sons of Reuben, took men one day. Now here it is. And they rose up before Moses, with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And now notice it. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Deliberate rebellion. A man begins to reject the light and give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. He will eventually go against God's authority and God's beloved son and appointed Messiah Christ Jesus. Ye take too much upon you, they said in olden days, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them and the Lord is among them. Now notice it, please. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation? First of all, we get a little insight into the character of Korah because his name means icy, cold. He was a cold proposition, a member of the tribe of Levi, one of the tribes, 12 tribes of Israel. But listen, as his name implies, icy, cold, he had no fellowship. He was separated from the life and life. The warmth of God that one experience, experiences when he walks in closeness of fellowship. And as I said a moment ago, he was a cold proposition. Having a form of godliness, but no power. Having a name to be alive, but dead. A whitened sepulcher full of dead men's bones. But one who loved to be preeminent, heady, high-minded loving authority, and loving position. He comes one day with a bunch of 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, and men of renown, men leaders perhaps in their respective sphere, intellectual, endowed with unusual gifts, all the kind that any pastor would love, to have in his church. But what was the trouble? Listen, these men came and perhaps they were the same men that back in the 11th of Numbers despised the bread and said, We want to go back to Egypt. We want to go back to the land of where it was a little bit easier living. For we remember the fish. Now notice the six items that they remembered. We remembered the fish, which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Some food, wasn't it? I certainly wouldn't want my honey to serve me that for my dinner. And then they go on and say, but now our soul is dried away. Why? Because they were out of fellowship. There is nothing at all besides this manner before our eyes, And they tell me that in the original that it is a, a thought of abhorrence, abhorring spiritual things, for they say there is nothing at all besides this manner. In the mind, you be broken, have a broken experience of fellowship and you begin to turn your back upon the Word of God and to walk longing after the things of the flesh and the old life, and you too will have a dry soul experience, and you too will then begin to despise the bread of life, the Word of God, the Lord Jesus, the bread from heaven. Let me read on one or two high spots in the 16th of Numbers about this open rebellion. And Moses heard it and he fell upon his face. Fourth verse. Oh, how humble of Moses. When he realized they were bringing accusations against him, he took the place of humility. And he spake unto Korah and unto all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his. And as the story goes on, he calls them to bring their censors and incense with fire to stand before the temple or the tabernacle for worship. For he said in the 8th verse, I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and stand before the congregation to minister unto them? and he hath brought thee near to him. And all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee, seek ye the priesthood also. In other words, Korah, dare you go against God's will and God's command that Aaron and his sons are the divinely appointed priests and mediators? He sent out a word for Dathan and Abiram to come, the twelfth verse, and they said, We will not come. Stubborn, open rebellion. And they went on to say that you have brought us up out of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us. Thou hast not brought us into the land that flows with milk and honey, or given us an inheritance of the fields and vineyards. Wilt thou put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. In other words, Moses, You're not the divinely appointed leader of this group. Aaron, why do you take so much unto yourself? And I'll tell you where there's division and strife and contention, there's backsliding and bitterness and devouring. It goes down to the 28th verse. I want to read it to you. Moses brought the thing to a test. He said, if these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, Then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open up her mouth and swallow them up with all that pertain unto thee, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand these men have provoked the Lord. And here it is. And it came to pass, as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up in their houses, and all men that pertained unto Korah. And all their goods, they and all that pertained to them, went down alive into the pit. And the earth closed upon them, and they perished. And I want to say to you that if you sit under the preaching of God's word and willfully sin, there remaineth no more sacrifice for you but the sudden destruction of God. For he, listen, he that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, that without remedy. You said under the preaching today of the Word here in this visible audience, you leave this building unsaved or leave the radio at the close of this broadcast unsaved, remember this, you begin to harden your heart. Some day you shall be suddenly destroyed, and that without remedy. May God enable you, through the Holy Spirit, to come today, Kneel at the foot of the cross and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Christ's sake, because God has appointed Christ, the captain of our salvation and our high priest, and dare you go against his authority and his work. Will you pray with me? We're not putting on this broadcast to entertain Oh God help us, we're putting it on to beseech the souls of men to be reconciled to our heavenly Father through Christ. You've been often reproved, God may give you up some day past the line when you'll be past feeling with your conscience seared. No more feeling, no more leaning towards spiritual things, but the day's talking to you. Won't you come? God bless you. This is Charles E. Fuller, Director of the Hour, speaking, bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you.